Hi, I'm Ethan Wagner, Chief Editor for Excelsior. Before we get into the podcast, I just wanted to read some of Horace Mann's community guidelines. Speak from the eye perspective. Listen for understanding. Assume complexity. Expect and accept a lack of closure. And learning leaves, story stay. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 2 of season 2 of Excelsior. This week we're going to be talking about the newly released James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with the previously very bad Suicide Squad from 2016. As always, I'm your host Jordan Wasserberger. Today I'm joined by Jaden Picciarillo. Hey, what's up guys? Alexei Lee. Yes sir. And Mr. Coldball. Hey everyone, and as always aim to provide something that is great in content and will not be brushing up against anything offensive in terms of sexual orientation, gender, race, socioeconomics, uh, and other identifiers. Yeah. All right, so The Suicide Squad. Uh, I think yeah, we'll go around, we'll say our general thoughts, we'll get into some stuff. I, I can start us off. I'm not really a DC guy. Like, I've got, I'm big into Batman, love Batman. I love a few storylines from DC. But I'm, I'm not the type of guy who's going to know a lot about, like, anti-monitor and monitor and all of that weirder uh, weirder stuff. And I don't really know the Suicide Squad at all. I didn't. There are people out there who know who, what's his name, the guy who can detach his limbs, the detachable kid. The people there who are fans of him, of Polka Dot Man, of Rat Catcher too. I don't know any of these people. I like Condiment King. Condiment King, <laughs> yes. I, I, I walked into this completely blind, expecting not to care about anything, but enjoy it because it's James Gunn, James Gunn is awesome. And I was shocked by how much I actually cared about what happened in the film. Um, obviously, you know, there are characters we only get to see them for a couple of minutes, and so which is part of the charm of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And so we don't get to care about them that, that much. But for the people that stuck with us and people that we saw through the entire film, I was really surprised by the amount of depth uh, that they had, particularly from Polka Dot Man, who we'll, we'll talk about later. Like when he, spoiler alert, when he dies, I actually felt sad, uh, even though we'd only seen him for like half a movie. So overall, I thought it was a surprisingly good film. It wasn't great. It wasn't the was like a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't That's think it, I don't think it was up that high, but compared to the original, it was definitely surprisingly good. Jane? I, I, I was really impressed by this movie. Like I, honestly, I was watching it at like late at night. I was I was <laughs> streaming it online and it was just like this is a DC movie. <laughs> like this <laughs> This isn't. It, it didn't feel like a DC movie. It was. It. It's something totally different. It's just uh, something that James Gunn did. It's like something that he yeah. pulled out of that wacky like wheelhouse that he calls his mind, and uh, it felt like a very intense story because although like the much of the promo is just like, but all these actors, they're oh they're a part of the Suicide Squad, uh, but we see a bunch of them killed off in the beginning, but um, we eventually get our main cast and like the killing off of Captain Boomerang that hit me hard and I was like and I was like okay so this is just going to be a Harley Quinn movie but no oh my god <laughs> it, was, it was so much more than that I'll, I'm like oh it's a DC movie they're just going to stick with Harley Quinn being like the main protagonist and she was but there was so much more character development around that and I got to shout out my boy King Shark 
Oh, best character in the movie. He, he was yeah. not even a question. Sylvester Stallone, really, he stole the show. And that's something I, I really like, like modern DC portrayals of King Shark. Not the Flash. The, the Flash uh, CW TV show, they absolutely ruined King Shark. But the Harley Quinn animated show, amazing rendition of King Shark. And, also the, and even though this one from the Suicide Squad is like totally different from the Harley Quinn version. He's just really a shark who can walk. Yeah, he's like, he he's really, not like but, a tank shark. He's just yeah, but the lack of emotion oh, in some of his lines, it just it bird. It, yeah, bird. bird. Yeah, it was just amazing. But um, I feel like the soundtrack like really yes. really yeah. stole mm-hmm. the show in this movie. And in those scenes with King Shark where his voice is emotionless, it provided that emotion for us so we can imagine what he's feeling. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a combination of many different factors. And I feel like there was a very well. A very good job, well, uh, well done by basically everybody who worked on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Mr. Caldwell. It's interesting. Like Jordan and anyone that knows me knows I'm a big Marvel guy, more specifically an X-Men guy. If you stop by my office, you'll see my new Cyclops comic book quality visor in my office. I'm very excited about that, and you know, that's the one comic book I'm like up to date on X-Men. You know, um, and once again, Marvel Universe, well versed, seen all the MCU stuff. Um, I don't really miss that, uh, and image guy. Read, or used to read, some Superman, some Batman. Read all the classic storylines in Batman. But in terms of Suicide Squad, no. Um, really can't say that I followed it. I saw the original Suicide Squad, and despite the charisma and charm of Will Smith, who's one of the biggest... Movie stars of all time, Margot Robbie, who she's an amazing actress. Um, Jared Leto, who I think is in his own right in most things very good. Um, I did not like the movie at all. I I thought it was a horrible movie. So I went into this with low expectations. I have to say that I was cheering, jumping in my house. I was so excited. The movie made me laugh. It made me unexpectedly sad. So, spoiler alert, when Rick Flagg dies, yeah. mm. I was legitimately hurt and sad. Like, I, I thought it was amazing. And much like we talked about Loki, there were some real revelations in this. So, for instance, Idris Elba bringing it, you're not going to be surprised. Idris Elba's yeah, an amazing actor. Margot Robbie bringing it, you're not going to be surprised. She's an amazing actress. I was really shocked. By how amazing John Cena was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. And, and, and even, the, even David Das. I'm gonna butcher his name, but David Dasmalchian, who's an amazing actor. that man. Polka man. I've he, seen him in other stuff. Where he's he's been an good. amazing actor, but, he, but he's always under the radar. Yeah, well, he's yes. always under the radar. But he, and here's the thing: I've never seen anything that John Cena's been in where he was bad. Yeah. So let me let me clarify that: I've never seen him be bad in anything. However, I mean, in this. And the chemistry he had with Idris Elba, the two of their, the chemistry was incredible. And once again, when Peacemaker takes, obviously they're all villains, but when he takes the villainous turn, I was sad. Like, I liked him. And and that, so I thought the movie was great. I thought James Gunn, yes, he, he, he what made the movie work, and sometimes that things don't need to be overly complicated. And ironically enough, I'm going to introduce something, a deeper topic that I just thought about based off something Jaden said and something Alexi said, too. And I'm going to bring something up. But I think James Gunn brought his Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. Slither, all of his crazy sci-fi stuff 
to the DC universe with an R-rated mentality. And it made something really interesting. And I think he literally said, okay, let me do my thing, but with no training wheels because it's a rated R movie, and let's see what happens. And I, I thought it was actually really amazing. I thought it was funny. I, I was all in. Yeah. So, Alexa, you actually haven't seen Suicide Squad. I have uh, not. You, you sort of know what happened. <laughs> no, no, but no. you so, know the comic books. I know the comic books. You know, you know DC. Books. You're our DC guy. Yeah, right. I, so, you want to say your thoughts? Okay, so I had the whole movie spoiled for me by oh. some very inconsiderate friends. Mm. Um, you can uh, name names. Well, no, you guys don't know them. They're just... <laughs> I, I lost the bet, and so they had to tell me what the movie was about. <laughs> that was a whole thing. Alexi, for those, for those of us who, uh, who can't see, Alexi's actually crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's looking, looking really upset. I, I have tears streaming down my eyes, but I actually... Okay. What I'm, gonna, I'm mainly going to be our focal point in comparing it to the old one. Sure. Right. Because I can't... I, like, I know what happens. I know that it was great, but I, I didn't visually experience sure. it quite yet. So, um, in the comic books, Suicide Squad is baller. <laughs> like, they, they are like the no, sh- like, uh, well, I can't say that. Right. That, I was going to say, they're the team where it's literally, su- like, it's a suicide mission. That is definition what they are. They go, they, they could die. But if they don't do it, they'll die anyway. So they don't really care anymore. They're like, I'm going in. I die, I die. And I think that in the first movie, it was very not well portrayed. Yeah. They were... It felt like just Avengers, but we're going to be edgy. No, it felt like Avengers. Oh, we're sad all the time. Captain <laughs> Boomerang make funny joke. Harley <laughs> Quinn crazy. Like, it yeah. didn't go together. Yeah. They were, it felt like right. you stuck a bunch of... DC villains together and kind of like, okay, this is the Suicide Squad. Right. They're this group. They don't really work well together. They, they kind of do their own thing. They have their own stuff. And the, like also the side, lo- like the side plot with Joker, yeah. it felt like so much. But the thing that made me so mad about that movie was, literally, if they took the animated movie Assault on Arkham and made that a live action movie, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Because there, that animated movie was incredible. And I sat there and I watched, and I said, oh man, Suicide Squad. I'm like, this is going to be like the animated movie. This is going to, no, no, nothing like it. It's always weird to be with DC. It's not like, we we always talk about the DCAU and the... They always kill it in the... Yeah, they're amazing. I don't understand how DC got this so wrong. You had... The unrivaled, like undisputed, the best animated movie universe ever. Yes. They yeah. have almost, yes. made, I mean, outside of one or two films, they've never made a bad animated movie. But then outside of one or two films, they've never made a good live action movie. And I don't understand how that happened. I think that Marvel. This get. I think it comes down to two things. It, go ahead. You go first. Okay. So this is like my, yeah. my thing. Yeah. I am. Anybody who hasn't seen DCA movies, I immediately go tell them, you have not experienced life yet. Like, this... It's <laughs> a, a big statement, Alexei. Like, you don't understand. Like, my whole nerd thing stems from the fact that I saw the, an- the original animated Batman show, and then that took me down the wormhole of, oh, let's yeah. watch all these DCAU movies. So, they, they're so good in the, like... I think there's two things that comes down to. In animation, you have so much, like, free 
ability. Yeah. Also, we said about, that's what we talked about on Invincible. You can do yeah, anything. like yeah. you have, you can do anything. They're li- almost like literally the only bounds are your imagination, kind of like the, like exactly comic like the comic. comic. And but, but I'll say just to bring it back, Suicide Squad the movie felt that as opposed to the original right. when, when you watch the new one it feels like James Gunn is just doing whatever he wants it was a, it's a comic book it's a comic book it's yeah. a comic yeah. book right yeah. and you could tell you clearly tell by like the the subtitles or like the the two hours earlier stuff like that like yes like all those like visual effects it made it feel like a comic yeah. book it made you it made it feel like your spider-man ps4 reviews but no this this was like a total like 180 on like oh how do we make a superhero movie i think i think when you take a look at corporate structures this is what it comes down to in terms of corporations right you have marvel which is now disney which has really just pushed all their chips in the middle with this mcu Mm -hmm. and they've done a good job and not to say that disney always gets it right because oh my god the rise of skywalker so that's not the entire sequel trilogy you know well that's another conversation but but sir i think we can all agree episode nine yeah no so the but in terms of the mcu they've done a good job and in terms of the editorial decisions in the last five years with their comic books marvel has done a better job whereas you take a look at dc you have the new Fifty Two. Then we're going to revamp it. Then we're going to do this, and it's hey, well, these the fits. New convergence, divergence, right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they, it is a disjointed nature of it. However, whoever's running their animated division right. is killing it. They got to get a raise, right? Yeah. Because no, it, it, there's a cohesion to it. There's a connectivity to it, and the quality is very well, good. Well, it's really everything DC is good at, Marvel is bad at, and vice versa. Yes. Marvel kills it in the movies, but they have terrible TV shows outside of Daredevil, uh, and their comics post five years ago were, just, were all over the place. But uh, yes, and, post five years ago, before yeah, five years ago, right, yes, right. their comics and, were yeah. And their video games are awful. Compare well, that to DC. In break, I mean, Injustice, making a movie of, of one of the DC video games, breaking Injustice film. Uh, yeah. Arrow is an awesome TV show. Same goes mm-hmm. for the new Superman show, making a Green Lantern show. DC kills it with their superhero shows until Flash season eight. Uh, and their comics, again, pre-New 52, which was, I think, five years ago, or at least somewhere mm-hmm. around there. No, that's... No, no. 52. Ten years ago. Ten years ago, right. Yeah. Ten, 52, eleven years ago, yeah. Pre-New yeah. 52... There was cohesion there. Now yes. you have like the dark metal storyline, and you have all this random stuff, and they're just kind of doing whatever they want. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's very on and off. But it's weird how Marvel and DC kind of fit together, where everything one does right, the other does poorly. Well, I think with Marvel, what was so interesting was ten years ago, nine years ago, and and once again, and get it when you have the first Avengers movie comes out, makes almost a, I think over half a billion dollars. Yeah. And then they need to make Avengers a thing in the comic books. Yeah. And they don't own the movie rights to X-Men and Spider-Man and Fantastic Four anymore, so they devalue that in terms of the level of storytelling. They get the movie rights back, they re-up the value on that, and those storylines are better than they've ever been in all three of those. And obviously they're going to be introduced, and now they have the tricky problem of how do you introduce yeah. the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Spider-Man's easy because it's one character. So you can do it. But so anyway, once again, you talk about corporate structure, right? It, it, and that dominates everything. I think that Warner's, and God bless them, I understand they were, they've been in such catch-up mode. Yeah. And they're trying desperately to catch up to Marvel. And that led them to this. But then you have the Suicide Squad where there was no need to catch I, up. I think that's why it worked. But I think it's also, yeah. also why Joker, which is not part of DCEU, I think 
the Suicide Squad is part of the DCEU, yes. right? It's yeah. Yes. Okay. No, yes. So, but I think, I think that and Joker share commonality in the... Who directed Joker? Uh, Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. Who Todd Phillips. Has never done anything like that. He did the Hangover yeah. and... So, test War Dogs. War Dogs, that's right. He did do War, War Dogs. Dogs. Which War is Dogs. a phenomenal film. Yeah. Um, still, but I think not, I, still not Joker. Yeah, right. it's not Joker. I think the reason why Joker and the Suicide Squad worked so well is because James Gunn and Todd Phillips were told, you can do whatever you want. Yes. We will not... And by that's also why I have a sneaking suspicion the Batman is going to be so good. Because oh, whoever's uh, is Matt going, Reeves, Matt Reeves has also been told you can do whatever you want. Also, it's uh, like three hours long. Right. Oh, I mean, it looks nuts. It's got Jeffrey Wright. It's going to be fantastic. Listen, and I will say it right now: if you have not seen the movie Good Time with Robert Patterson, I saw that movie and I was like, he's going to be amazing. But look, watch as watch, Batman. Watch the and light, watch the lighthouse. Him the lighthouse. The lighthouse is yes. phenomenal. Um, but yeah, the, the Suicide Squad. I just came back to it. Really is its own its own yes. thing. I, th- I think yeah. I think that that's made apparent even in the opening minutes. Like there was that scene where there's a fight on on the beach and like ninety percent of the cast dies. Yes, just just right there. And like I, mm-hmm. as if you know me, you know I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, favorite show of all time. I'm no stranger to watching massive amounts of characters die all at once. Even that was shocking to me. Just how many people he killed off, For- including. Captain Boomerang, who I thought would be one of the main characters. That reminded me mm-hmm. a lot of the, one of the animated movies, Apocalypse War. Oh yeah, we're yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, we see the entirety of the main members of the of just the just die. Yeah. They, they just get yeah. they get ripped yeah. apart, yeah. hit with a laser, they get a, a shot in the back, they're done. And then there's Batman left with toasty, crispy Damian Wayne, and then <laughs> we <laughs> have Mister <laughs> Mobius Chair Batman. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. That movie was just such like a shock, but it was, and Suic- it was the same type of like. Uh, approach, but it, for some reason in Suicide Squad, yeah, it's in the title, but I wasn't really expecting it to happen for, all so quickly. For me, the thing that got me was they introduced all these characters, and I actually got nervous for a couple minutes. I'm like, how are they going to manage all these storylines? Yeah. DC is not known for being able to do this well. Like, how are they going to do Oh, that's not a problem. They just killed everybody. That's solution. Right. Well, my favorite part is I think James Wynn did a really good job because he, he marked this as your, your the characters you liked will die. But he also marketed it as, "Hey, I got Pete." Uh, I got Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson in a superhero movie, guys. That's gonna be Nathan so cool. Fillion is in this. Right, um, right. Uh, uh, Michael Rooker. Like, I'm, I'm like, really disappointed that they couldn't make John Cena work. I'm sorry, because like you can't see well, him, see, so I'm, he's like. That they couldn't oh, do what? Oh my god! You oh, can't see him. Oh. Wait, okay. you can what? No. It, oh, oh. <laughs> Alexa, you're an idiot. Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. if you guys can. Well, for, At first, uh, I'm like, uh, what? Listeners, for audio <laughs> listeners out there, uh, Alexei just did the You Can't See Me. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So you find that we couldn't see John Cena in the movie. You can't <laughs> see him. Uh, well, you can't see John Cena in real life. That's Mr. Cal- and sorry, the, the, Mr. Caldwell's old brain. That was why they had to. I, it's been a while since I've seen WWE. Guys. Yeah, well, well, while, you, <laughs> while you can't see John Cena in real life, we should do a WWE episode. I'll oh, we should. we should. We should. Uh, no, but but yeah, while John Cena's uh, the Invisible Man in real life, in the Suicide Squad, I thought Peacemaker was awesome. Oh, oh my like, goodness. I'm, I'm so excited for the Peacemaker show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, he's literally just, he's John Wick if John Wick grew up in El Paso, Texas. Yeah. And he is <laughs> absolutely hysterical. Don't and if John, uh, actually, I guess Peacemaker, actually, hold on. I was about to say if John Wick didn't have a code, but Peacemaker, Peacemaker, code. Peacemaker does have... His own code. Wait, really wait, quickly. does he? Does he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he, he say, yeah. "I'll always do anything for peace"? For America. 
But there's that no one line which we won't repeat no on this many, podcast, yeah. but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it say no matter how many men, women, and children I have to die? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not much of a code. No, no. no, it's, no. It's, it's, that, it's, that's like, that's like okay. Yeah, John, oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're saying John Wick has a code. John Wick has a code. Oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. John, Wick and I, John Wick has a code. I said Peacemaker, I guess, kind of has. Not okay, really. Peacemaker's code is kind of similar to like, Thanos' reasoning for yes, killing yes, 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 thank you. I can kill half the universe, save everybody else. Peacemaker's like, I can kill X many people to have peace. Yeah, that's right. Like well, it's, it's, the, it's, actually, it's actually the Ultron mentality. That's yes. what it is. Yes. It's yes. the Ultron mentality. Really quickly, oh my goodness, we were talked about amazing actors and action. Viola Davis also always oh, brings it. Yeah. Her Amanda Waller is, is, is yeah, she's perfect. Great. I don't think there can be another mm. Amanda Waller. No, I don't. Not live action. No. Although I will say the one. Thing I mean, you I, could always get somebody. And and ironically enough, if you know if you notice, she puts on weight. Yeah. To do this movie, now she's not as big as Amanda Waller is in a comic book. I mean, no one's gonna ask her yeah, to put on that kinda... much weight. No, I know, but but Viola Davis puts on like twenty pounds. No, I'll say to she, do these movies. My... Viola Davis is a world renowned. I mean, she's, she's a world renowned actress. Uh, right. one, I will say my one issue with her in the Suicide Squad is I did think she was a little. Like, we get it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like there's there's so much complexity you could do with Amanda Waller. I get it. That's not the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, like, there was like eight different scenes of her essentially saying the same thing. And I was it, it, maybe it's a writing problem. It was whatever. But at a certain point, I was like, okay, when's the Amanda Waller thing gonna be done? I don't care about this. Like, you guys have done this eight times now. Let's get back to whatever else. And then she could sit on the heads. Like, right, but that said, there was the I loved in the beginning. When she makes the, this is one of those funny. Once again, the, the movie is hilarious. Oh yeah! And when she makes the brilliant deduction, you were all picked for your unique abilities, and then yeah. Blood Sport yeah. goes, <laughs> "We literally have the same abilities." Yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was that was, that was him a peacemaker. That was great. Yeah. I wanted to introduce something, and Jaden, it was very very funny, and I'm wondering. And obviously, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Without getting super political, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Talking about education. And the great divide from educated, those who are educated, those who are not. And ironically enough, critics really liked the movie. Critics really liked the movie. It seems as people that are either well-versed in comic books or rather educated really liked the movie. We're doing obviously a podcast. We're coming at this from a critical eye. Is that the difference? Because people, I know people that... For just for like, oh, who yeah. liked the first one, who weren't looking at it, what's, even not educated, maybe just not looking at it critically. They liked the first one and they were like, they thought this one was okay. Whereas people I know that are either really educated or just really into this, love this. I know I did. Also, and so I'm, is well, there something there? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So I actually, uh, I, I think I can look at this at like a literal perspective. Like anytime I watch a superhero, like just any anything like Marvel, DC, that sort of stuff with my dad, mm. he, he, he's not like me. Like he, he, like he knows like the general stuff, like who Batman mm-hmm. is, all that. But like the way I look at it is, I have the, I guess the. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm I'm sensibilities. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, I, uh, I'm burdened by expertise. Okay. I am I'm coming cursed in, with knowledge. I'm cursed with knowledge. Right. I am gonna be coming in with an already. Uh, I already have this understanding of these characters, this storyline. Mm-hmm. I know what I want to see, what I expect to see, what like 
uh, yeah, you can deviate, but how far is deviating too far? Where someone who's not knowledgeable is like, okay, they're creating this story for me. Whereas someone else like me is interpreting it. So I think it's, it's or not interpreting, is like watching an interpretation of something I already knew. So I think what we're talking about is people who are sort of going into this blind versus people who are like, okay, yeah, this feels better. This, ma this makes more sense based off what I already knew. Maybe. Maybe. And once again, I don't want to make a general blanket comment because I know educated people that didn't like it either. So, you know, or people that weren't knowledgeable about the comic, but it's, I guess it's more... I think, I think there is... I'm not sure it's prevalent in Suicide Squad just because Suicide Squad was so different from everything. Right. I think there's definitely a divide between comic book fans and just other people. And non-comic book fans, When it comes yeah. to other movies, right? Like, I think the biggest one is stuff like Captain Marvel or Black Panther... Uh, I think in the, in the in the solo movies, and, and I think the biggest place we see this is in the MCU's take on Spider-Man. Kind of a lot of people who really weren't happy that Spider-Man for no that Spider-Man Homecoming was essentially Iron Iron Man's kid, and then Far From Home he's fighting a villain because of Iron Man. And, he, and that he's just so tethered to Iron Man. Isn't everybody fighting a villain because of Iron Man, though? But I know a lot of people <laughs> didn't like that. I, I think I oh, there are people that are still, that are the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, not counting Spider-Man 3, but yeah. 1 and 2, they swear by them that they're, yeah. those are that's Spider-Man for them. I right. think I think we definitely see that divide. I also think it just happens to be that that divide is more prevalent in DC stuff. I think because there's more of a accepted history with DC superheroes. Like, everyone knows Spider-Man, but... Everyone knows more about Batman and Superman. I think I think is the difference. Like, like, but I, you can put Spider-Man like number three right there. I, I would, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but my difference, my, my, my point is, everyone knows who Iron Man is right in the world. But, now, but yeah. I think there's a drastically smaller percentage of people who can name an Iron Man comic storyline or yeah. an Iron Man arc. And I think with Batman, if you know what DC Comics is, you know what Death in the Family is. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know. Yeah some members of the Bat family. I think it's so much more ingrained in just general pop culture, like the quote-unquote more specifics of these characters. So I think with DC especially, people tend to be... Like, I know Man of Steel is hugely controversial for what it did with Superman. Oh, a lot of people yeah. do not. So, no, we, like, had, we had this conversation last year right. in our um, Justice League review. We talked yeah. about how in Man of Steel, he was essentially this robot alien. Not relatable at and all. And he doesn't like, save anybody. Yeah, doesn't, he doesn't save anybody. He doesn't save anybody. He's yeah. not like the Superman we know in the comics. So ironically enough, I don't... It's so funny. I had a... I was talking with the director, uh, and I thought Man of Steel was fine, but a director that I'm working with right now, he hated Man of Steel, and mm -hmm. for that very reason. And similarly to my brother, my brother, he said, Superman literally did not save anybody, yeah. except for Lois Lane. Yeah. That was it. What, what is this? It and feels like an Injustice type Superman. Well, right. that, that, that no. was Zack Snyder's plan, which is that was his <laughs> whole plan was to make an Injustice live action movie. Yeah, Injustice is my favorite comic book storyline of all. But time. we're getting an animated one. Yeah, yes. but it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Yes. CGI will be better. Yeah, you know what? You know what? If, any, if, if anything, <laughs> Warner Brothers gave Zack Snyder seventy-five million dollars to make his cut of a movie. I, I, I would say, and Ben Affleck has quietly said, if Zack Schneider's doing he he would these people would come back. A hundred percent. So you never know. But I also, never I also think that is the only universe in which people come back is if Zack Snyder actually Oh yeah. No, no no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um yeah. I think yeah. With so so back to the suicide squad. Back to the suicide squad. I have that whole tangent, um, which is definitely interesting. 
the last thing I think we should we should go yes. over is just the villains and just the you know plot in general, kind of what we actually saw for two hours. Because uh, it's not just death and destruction, though it is you know 90% of it. I will say, once the cast gets whittled down and it's Bloodsport, Harley Quinn, Captain, uh, F- Captain Flag, Captain Flag, Peacemaker, Peacemaker, Ratcatcher 2, Rick po- Flag, man. Yeah. P- Rick, oh, hey, dude was awesome. Pokemon Man, Pokemon Man, and King Shark. That's our team of like seven, maybe a few side characters. I thought it was a really just fun romp yes. through. You know what is essentially, by the way, a Cold War story. Like it's 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 something you yes. expect to see in a movie from the eighties or the nineties. Well, when Coulter Motis gets introduced in the comic book, it's during the Cold War. Yeah. Well, so like, yeah, and I, when they said Coulter Motis, I was like, yes. Well, I, well, which I thought was actually really worked in this movie's favor. I think if they had gone the route of like route of like Age of Ultron and made a totally foreign, yeah. like inconceivable conflict, we wouldn't have liked mm-hmm. it. But. This is 100% a movie that could have been made as historical fiction. Like, oh yeah, during the Cold War, the U.S. created a team of super-powered people to go right. do a thing against the Soviets or whatever. Like, it felt very just interesting for a superhero movie. It's almost like a, like a Captain America, but I've seen that in World War II. Captain America's Civil War. With the, with the creation of the super soldiers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right. That's right. Or, um, or what's his name? Um, oh my god, the guy from Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh, I am. Zemo? No, not Zemo. The, other, the aftermarket Captain America. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, oh, Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah. Isaiah. Right. Isaiah. It's one of those types of things. And so mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Uh, it just felt fun. Like, that's the best word I can use. I mean, even the fact that the villain is a massive starfish. And somehow they made it intimidating. Like, it just felt like a fun movie. I, I, I didn't, you know, take anything away from it. I wasn't, like, emotionally or spiritually moved. Oh, I was. Uh, in, <laughs> in the long term, although it was very sad when Pokemon Man died. And I loved King Shark. But it was just fun. Like, the entire movie... It felt, like, it felt like I was almost like playing a video game and I was just having fun for the sake of having fun. And it's a really rare thing that we don't see a lot anymore in movies. Everything has, like, either a political message or a moral message or whatever. Which and, is fine. And which is great. Like, like sure. Right. But this was just fun. And I love that. What do you guys think? Honestly, like, the best way to, uh, that I can describe this game is just, like, driving around in GTA doing, doing whatever you want. That's what it was. Non-stop pop, I think, I, understand what you, I see what you're saying. Go it ahead. was, like, time after time again, you get these, like, chaotic moments, but you also also get these tastes of, like, very sentimental moments with, like, the Norway and the fish and Peacemaker and the, and the clay little statue. Yeah. And the yeah. moment where you can see in Ratcatcher 2's eyes, like, the actual fear that she sees in that that she's, like, portraying, like, when Peacemaker's about to kill her. Mm-hmm. And then also seeing Harley Quinn's, like, acceptance of just being her and living for herself mm-hmm. and how she's, oh. and she's like, dealing with this kind of separation from, uh, I guess, kind of... The Joker. The, the Joker, yeah. yeah. Which um, is continuation of Birds of Prey. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like this movie did it even better than Birds of Prey, even though it's just a, a small, like, and, side story. And 100% in that sort of... 12-minute scene with the guy running Carlton Martiz, they summed up her true emancipation right there. And when she said it, it was great. It's like, I said to myself, if this ever happened again, this is what I would do. And that was perfect. And once again, Margot Robbie's great, but the way it was written was so well done. The writing was amazing. It was great. It's a short film, but... It made sense in the middle of this movie, and I was in. The best part is that capstone where she's running through the hall, and and every time she's she's fighting all the guys, and they're not, like, 
exploding in blood everywhere. It's like it's all flowers and fireworks. Because it's, it's her like, POV. It's her perception. It's her exactly. POV. Right. It, it felt like yeah, she has now come into her own better than she ever has in Suicide Squad in Birds of Prey. In oh, this was whatever. great. This, this is the best characterization of her. A hundred percent. This is her on on full display. And, and um, no, amazing. The the other character I think definitely got. Their deserved time in the spotlight was Nanawe, King Shark, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I mean, th- I, that's the best part of Suicide Squad for me. Everything Sylvester Stallone did with that guy. He was great. Uh, which is awesome. Like, it was just so much fun. For me, the scene that got me that I just wasn't expecting, and it was like a gut punch, but, and, and you feel guilty for laughing, but then you do the. Um, the fish? The, no, the. Um, the rebel camp scene with Peacemaker and Bloodsport. Oh, God, yeah. And you sit there because you are making the assumption that these are bad guys. Yeah. And they just killed all the good guys. Yep. And you're like, oh, my goodness. And Flurry Clagg is like, you have to excuse them. They're idiots. <laughs> and it was just so well done. And once again, the the, the sentimental parts with the, the relationship between Bloodsport and Ratcatcher 2. Like, that worked for me. Yeah. And what they do is they set up something at the end, which is a punchline at the end, that was Amazing. I, I want to be, uh, when, <laughs> when Rat catches Rat, his own blood sport, and oh, blood sport is afraid of rats, oh, yes, and the thing reaches up to give him a handshake, and he, like, <laughs> reaches to give it, but he's, like, completely freaked yeah, yeah, out, yeah. and that was great. I, I Once again, I, I was just really impressed. I thought James Gunn did a great job. I think it's amazing that we saw one movie, it was two hours, and we're talking about it with the same level of depth and insight that we wouldn't MCU from when we've seen these characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's really a testament to a... Which is what they've been trying to do. Yeah. But haven't been able to. They failed every time until James Gunn. Right. And, I mean, he is you know, one of the one of the best directors but, but, out but there. But then coming back to it, and, and, and obviously, once again, streaming clearly affected this. Why did it do so poorly? You know, and that's what makes me sad because... It makes me sad that movies won't take risk because they didn't get rewarded financially for this. Yeah. And that's why I'm scared. There's a movie that took a lot of risk, but I I felt did a really good job. And I'm 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 scared that movies especially now, did the movie need to be two hundred million dollars? I don't know that it needed to cost yeah. that much. I didn't see anything in that movie that made me think that you need to spend $200 million on it. But that said, I'm afraid that movies won't take as many risks. Well, so I think the Batman is in and of itself a risk. Like, they're making a Joker-level dark film about the most well-known superhero in America. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a risk. Uh, that could either go really well, and I think it will, or it could go really badly. Because even from what we've seen, even Christopher Nolan's Batman, which, while realistic and the best superhero film ever made, wasn't, like soul-crushingly dark. This looks soul-crushingly dark. Uh, so, I don't know, but that's a risk. I, don't I mean, risk. At, at, at the moment, in 2008, know. Dark Knight was pretty, was was pretty, I'm not going to say it's the darkest comic book movie ever. It's up there. It's, it's, it's you got to put it in top five. I mean, you take a look at what happens, what happens to Harvey and obviously Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. It's, it's up there. And I agree with you, even as an MCU person. The Dark Knight is the best comic yeah. book movie ever made. It's, it, yeah. it's, it's the yeah. one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, it's one. Uh, it's one of the greatest crime movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what DC does. It is right. they're in a very unique position now, where they actually have momentum for the first time in six years. But, do, but okay, but 
Do that? No, do they? they I have don't the, think they I have think the they critical. Do. They have critical momentum for people like us that like the movie. People didn't see the movie. But, that, but that's, <laughs> where, that's where you have to start with. All right, Iron Man started with people like us who read the comics, mm-hmm. who went to see the movie, and were like, right. "Holy crap, right. this is incredible!" Right. And then everyone else came. Whereas I do think that's where you have to start. You got to start with your hardcore and, fans. And this and is my out. And this is my concern even about Suicide Squad, right? Typically, streaming agency, streaming companies, when it gets streamed a lot, they'll report those numbers. When they don't report those that's numbers, that's when you know it's a problem. Yeah. Like Disney went nuts reporting how many people downloaded Black Widow. You know what I mean? And, it, it, and all those movies, Invincible, even um, Netflix. This is not a comic movie. That movie, Extraction. Oh, they put that up well, right Squid, away. How many people? Squid Game is the most popular film. Squid Game, yeah. exactly. All time. So you can report. The, it's like no, and this is once again my fear about Suicide Squad. No one reported it. Yeah. You know, no one. So we don't. I don't think those numbers are strong. We'll see. All right. Before we go, before we go, we're going to do uh, final reviews, final scores. Jane has to run, so Jane, start us off. Final score. All right. I'm going to give my final score. It's a nine point three. Like really, I love the movie. There was a great. I want to. To great good job to the casting directors, to the costume designers, and to to whoever made the soundtrack. Like they did an amazing job setting the scene. And uh, actors, James Gunn, amazing job. All right, see you, James. <laughs> see you, Jen. Once again, I keep trying to. We gotta find. We gotta find our recording for Invincible. I I put it. I put it up there with. I gotta be honest. I put it up there with Loki. Uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. strong. For me, I w- I would put it right below Invincible actually. And once again, I'm not a DC guy per se. Um, DC DC person per se, um, nine point three, but like a hot, but like a real like nine point three, like it, I'm standing by this nine point three. It was so well done. I was impressed thoroughly. Alexa, okay, so you can see the movie, but go ahead. Yeah, I will give this movie a higher expectation out of a low expectation. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> nice. All right. I like that, Alexi. I like that. Uh, for me, I liked it. I thought it was fun. But I think it sits at like a 7.7 to 8. Ooh. I thought oh. it was, again, it was good. It was fun. But when you think of like the, like the movies that I got like, like 9 and above, like that, I mean, it's stuff like Loki. It's stuff like Invincible. It's stuff mm. where I'm like, I want to see so much more of this because I loved it. Uh, this movie, I don't really care if I ever see any of these characters outside of Harley Quinn and King Shark ever again. Like, but I would watch this movie over again. What about I'd probably see it at some point if it was on TV, uh, or if I was with friends, or if I just wanted to watch like a fun movie. Okay, so but basically he's saying I would, would watch well, yes, it again. Yes, I would watch it again. <laughs> yes, but I don't know. Like, anything above a nine is a little high. So I'll say I'll say eight. I'll say eight. I'll say Fair eight. enough. Fair All enough. right, guys, that is a wrap on Excelsior season two, episode two. Thank you so much for listening. Next week or next episode. We're going to be diving into Black Widow, yes. followed by Shang-Chi, and we've got so much more stuff in the pipeline. Can't wait to share it with y'all. Have a good one. See you around. <laughs>